Hello and uh, welcome to this special episode of Need for Speech. My name is Sanay and today I have with me uh, Dr. Bhushan Shukla, a child psychiatrist and a bunch of other things. So first of all, uh, welcome to the podcast and uh, thank you for taking time out from your schedule to uh, record this. So please give us a brief uh, introduction of yourself. Hi, uh, I'm Dr. Bhushan Shukla. I'm a trained psychiatrist. Uh, that means I went to medical school and did my MBBS and my MD. A uh, lot of people confuse us with psychologists uh, who are more abundant, at least in the city. The difference is psych- psychologists come from arts and humanities background. They have done their BA and MA in psychology. And uh, we guys go to medical school and we do our MBBS and MD in psychiatry. And if you are too enthusiastic about books and exams like me, then you go ahead and do a bunch of other exams for specialization as well. Uh, So I I finished my psychiatry training in 1999. And since then, I'm in full-time private practice in India. I've received some training in UK as well uh, on various aspects of psychiatry, various sub-specialities of psychiatry, mainly child psychiatry. I I work for prevention of child sex abuse. I work with schools, I work with social media and uh, some TV channels and Hindi and Marathi film industry and uh, yeah, and I have a family and a dog. That's (laughs) that's all there is really. So I discovered Dr. Shukla on uh, social media actually, on Twitter, which kind of brings us to our topic for today, which is uh, the intersection of social media and mental health amongst youngsters and me basically my age group so what are the kind of trends that you are seeing in terms of your patients in terms of what is happening around in because there was an article recently which says uh, instagram kind of promotes this fake lifestyle of wherein everyone is happy all the time which kind of then leads to you feeling inadequate about your own life it's all it's a glamorous version of everyone's life so uh, it, it is kind of the opposite with Twitter, I feel, wherein everyone is just angry all the time and no one really cares about anything. So, yeah, yeah your thoughts on, on that? Well, what, what I have seen is that, uh, obviously, when I started my practice, there was no social media. Uh, mobile phone had barely arrived and internet was far, far away. Uh, but over the last five, six years, uh, social media has, I think, taken up a big part in our life. Uh, not just physical life, but mental life as well. And uh, I believe it is here to stay. No matter what people say about social media, uh, it's not going to go away. It's very much here, and we have seen clean advantage of that, and uh, we are quite hooked on to it as well. If it was not for Twitter, you and I wouldn't be sitting here and talking together, because we, we there was no chance in hell that you and I would meet in person. Uh, almost, almost impossible. And I can say that with a lot of my friends and acquaintances now that I have made friends on social media, uh, followed them for a while and someone who looked sensible uh, or manageable or, you know, person I can afford to meet in real life and I won't be in too much of danger. Uh, We caught up on a cup of coffee and then life moved on and we became friends. Uh, Some of them stuck on, some of them uh, we didn't get along and we thought we are better off in cyberspace itself. So all these kind of things happen. Uh, one thing, Tanay, that uh, I, I have realized uh, is that how big social media has become in our personal lives. Initially, it was just one aspect. Uh, now, one gets a feeling that we live our life around social media. 
and that is something that is very scary for a 45 year old like me now when you are 45 45 doesn't sound that old but when you are 25 i'm sure it must sound like a dinosaur uh, but bear with me with that uh, because the thing is that we stay in touch with each other mainly through social media and that distorts things quite a lot uh, again i know this sounds very very cliched but when i grew up or when i was of that age the generation that we are talking about now and who are your listeners you actually had to physically get out your house get on your bicycle visit somebody's house to meet them uh, now i know that sounds very last century uh, but uh, that is how reality was and you knew them physically as a person you knew where they lived you knew their family you knew how their parents looked so your impression of them was not totally dependent on a picture seen on instagram or a series of pictures or posts you actually knew this person and that is very strange you you knew them intimately uh, and i don't mean intimate in a sexual way what i what i mean is that you 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 walked with them you played with them you studied with them you saw them you saw them getting thrashed by their parents and you saw them how people around them treat them you actually knew a person and now all you know is an image and even when you meet them in person there is a desperate attempt to keep up that image and that is very very scary i don't even know whether i'm living in a real world or is this matrix yeah, that 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 is that is very i mean i'm i still struggle with it that's why i'm very careful to meet people in real life who i have met on social media for the first time but uh, that's 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 a big difference that i see uh, so coming back to my original point you are someone who grew up in the physical world and then you once you were an adult you became exposed to like that is when all the all the social media thing just came about so but what about all of these 12 13 14 year olds i'm sure maybe even your kids who are growing up with social media around them and what kind of a climate it creates what kind of impact it has on the kids adolescents or the teenagers mind growing up just seeing all of these companies have figured out that attention span is the biggest commodity there is today and i feel it is very easy to capture teenagers attention span it is very easy to throw targeted content at them and influence their thought process influence how they feel there have been numerous studies about how instagram and facebook lead to feelings of inadequacy and depression and everything so what trends do you see in your patients these days in in your line of work that that's a very very relevant question for me because uh, i've been seeing youngsters since almost 20 years in practice and since social media has entered our life uh, it is almost impossible to to meet a youngster uh, who is not influenced by social media in a big way in fact none of my patients who are particularly very depressed or very anxious or have self esteem issues uh, all all of them uh they don't realize it but i can see that as a clinician that social media is a big cause is a big part in why they are depressed or why they have low self esteem uh, for a simple reason when you are a young person anywhere between 13 to 25 you have no clear proof of your own ability uh, you may you you know your parents may think you are an einstein but you still haven't given your 10th standard exam and you really don't know what you are uh, so you have to depend on feedback from other people 
And this feedback is what gets distorted on social media because uh, that is very visual. What you show is what people tend to believe. Uh, they don't even know whether you really exist that way or not. For example, I can have a completely computer-made physical self as a very voluptuous woman and compete with Kim Kardashian and nobody would know about it, right? Unless they come home and they meet me in person, uh, they will never know what I am for real. And uh, this, this distorts my self-image big time. This gives me an opportunity to be to have alternative or alternate uh, personas. And people do get wrapped up in that. In fact, they are so wrapped up in this persona that they want to create, the image that they want to create, that they don't get a chance to know what they are. And then they assume that when I look inside and I don't find anything very substantial, I'm probably nothing. And then they cling on to that mask even more. Now, this may all sound very philosophical, uh, but in a clinic room, this is very real when you have young people completely negating themselves because their likes or uh, whatever the positive vibes on Instagram reduced by 200 or 300. Uh, they look at being an Instagram celebrity as a career or a YouTuber as a career. Uh, what they don't realize is that those places are already taken. That is already the previous wave. If, if they want to make career, if they want to find out something new, they'll have to ride the next wave and they'll have to invent that wave. Chasing these previous, see people who are already those celebrities, they have made their money, that space is taken. I mean, there may be one or two slots open, but uh, how long they will last, nobody knows. So having that confidence that I can create something on my own, which is different than what other people of my age are thinking, that is very vital confidence. And if you are immersed in social media, uh, you are unlikely to find that confidence. Right, so uh, we were talking about uh, having uh, an image, uh, like teenagers have an image of themselves that they create on uh, social media and versus their real self. So as a, a child grows, they have different life experiences, they have different thoughts, they grow as a person, right? So in these days, uh, your social media profile is considered as your brand and this is brand in air quotes, by the way. You have to project yourself as someone to the other world while you may not necessarily be that person anymore. Because when I look back on my Twitter feed five years ago, I am not that person. But at the same time, I don't feel any compulsion to be that person either. I have grown. It, it is a timeline of my events on Twitter. It is not who I am. It is not, it is not representative of my entire personality. It is just my thought at that point of time. Do you have a Twitter personality versus a real life personality? And is there any conflict between the two, A, in your personal life and also B, in your patients, wherein they have a huge conflict of identity about themselves between who they, are, who they really are and who they are to the outside world? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's, that's, a, that's a good choice of question. Uh, I, I am definitely different than on Twitter and on Facebook than what I am in real life. But I can tell you one thing for sure that whatever I am in my clinic room is what I am on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and there is, no, uh, there is no fundamental difference between what I am in reality, what I am in my clinic and what I am on social media. 
uh, I may be more subdued on social media than I am in personal life. I am less opinionated. I am willing to hear more. Uh, I am also willing to let go a lot of things. In person, if somebody insults me like that or crosses me like that, I would probably be a lot more aggressive. And I think this is where I differ from a lot of youngsters on social media. They are extremely aggressive, uh, abusive, almost abrasive and violent on social media. Uh, you will find me the other way around. Uh, that I will not do anything on Twitter that I would not do in personal life. Uh, I would not pick fights there unless and I would be very civil in my discussions. And I would let a lot of stuff go. Uh, I routinely get huge amount of hate uh, comments on my Facebook page. Uh, because I am a doctor, I talk for vaccines, I talk for children's rights, I talk for rights of uh, sexual minorities, I talk about equality, and uh, I am absolutely convinced how that is central to our being human beings and our mental health. Uh, so I do get a lot of hate from all the extremes. Uh, I, I, I probably have the dubious distinction of being attacked uh, from all the sides, and which proves that I have my own independent position. So, so I'm I'm okay with that. And I'm uh, only thing is that most of the times I don't even react. If it gets too abusive, personal, or sexualized, I simply delete that comment and move on. Uh, I don't let give these people any air time on my social media page. Uh, that is that is all that I do. So I don't think there is any incongruency between what I am in reality and what I am in on social media. Uh, but how many people do maintain that? As you said, uh, people have a responsibility of creating a brand, uh, which is very different from what they are in reality, because a brand is needed uh, to build loyalty, to sell something, uh, whatever that may be. It may be tangible, intangible sale, but it is a sale. And a brand is needed for that. And nobody can live up to that extent all the time. So yes, they do create separate identity there. It is the pressure of maintaining that identity. Uh, that is where things go wrong. Because you will be attacked. You will be challenged on social media. Your internal inconsistencies will be exposed by people. And how you handle that is, is I think, a big, big part. So uh, you were talking about uh, how you handle hate on social media. I don't really get hate on Instagram as much, but my Twitter has been full of hate and this started in, 20, in during the 2014 elections wherein, as you said, I was attacked by all sides equally. So what I kind of did to make sense of all of it is, first of all, okay, I'm getting attacked, that is fine. Most people need to realize, as you rightly said, that this is not real life. This is simply because you have an internet connection and a phone and you have time and you have nothing else to do, right? Whatever people say on social media, they are very, very unlikely to say it directly to you in front of your face. Like living in this digital world, create it, it allows people to hide behind, not necessarily anonymity, but just not face the consequences of what they actually say. So it did take me some amount of time to realize it that okay, when people throw hate at me, they're not directly hating on me. It might be a specific part of a specific tweet. But the attacks seem personalized and the attacks feel like, they make you feel like, oh, my existence does not matter at all. It, it, uh, it helps if all of us take a step back 
from social media just it's by the i'm not hating on social media as a concept because i have met so many great people like you through social media and twitter can be a great platform for networking so <laughs> please do not consider this as a dissing twitter or instagram or whatever it has brought people closer but at the same time there are a bunch of negative sides as well and as our lives kind of become intertwined with the physical self and the 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 digital self uh, i think it's important that we take time off from the internet not necessarily the internet but just social media and the constant interactions with people i think meditation is a great tool to do that to decompress and just experience yourself as you are not through the lens of someone else what are your thoughts on uh, decluttering and detoxifying your uh, digital environment so yes i i have been at a place where uh, i was using social media to almost a toxic level uh, it was affecting my sleep uh, even between two patients i would quickly want to log in on facebook and see the comments and reply to them or put a new post yes i have done that i have been guilty of that and at one point of time i realized that my concentration is actually wavering my core work as a doctor as a psychiatrist as a psychiatrist for children uh, is getting affected because i am not focused enough at the back of my mind there is a constant buzz of the previous comment or the previous post and that is that is very unfair to my patient and that is when i decided to take time off i actually my deleted my twitter account at that point of time i went off facebook and when i felt in control enough when i had put some rules for myself tested them out and that is when i got back on media again and uh, i don't i don't use social media at all uh, when i have work in front of me uh, that is a barrier almost a lakshman rekha Uh, i spend some time in the morning bit of time in the afternoon and then again in the evening uh, that is all that i do second thing that i have uh, put for myself is that i do not react to negative comments i i i think the i think the best way to deal with any hate or any trolls is to ignore them the because the minute you reply to a negative comment it feeds into their it feeds energy to them and they feel validated okay i have had some response out of it i think at the end of the any any comment or like maybe positive or especially the negative ones are made with the uh, intent to elicit a response from you and the moment you respond to them whatever it might be they get that instant gratification and this is a lesson that i have learned over a long period of time ignore the trolls just ignore all the hatred if you cannot take it block them that's it's your profile after and you have to have control over it absolutely tanay i agree with you social media is all about attention the currency on social media is attention and these people are beggars they are begging for your attention in whatever way you can they can you know you you see these kids or these uh, beggars on the traffic signals who even bang on your car windshield if you don't pay them or don't look at them but then the signal turns green and you move on it is literally like that these are beggars you shouldn't throw them the currency of your valuable attention you should reserve that for what you are and and social media can be used as you said i have met great friends i have 
had the opportunity to interact with people like Richard Dawkins or Taleb or even J.K. Rowling uh, on Twitter, which would have been impossible in my real life. Another thing that is there is that I do a lot of workshops. And almost, not almost, all of my workshops are sold out on Twitter and Facebook. I don't need to spend a single rupee in advertising. So a significant proportion of my yearly income is from the workshops, uh, which I advertise for free. And I think that's a huge advantage. Otherwise, for a person like me, it was not possible to create these workshops and sell them. It would have been totally impossible for a doctor to do this. But I'm able to do this without resorting to any unethical practice and doing it in a clean way and reaching people who are very interesting. Uh, because I want interesting people to come to my workshops. I enjoy the interactions. I like the intellectual challenge. And it gives me decent money as well. So yes, social media can be used for great joy. It took me a long time. I have knocked my head on a few walls like everyone has done. But I think I have learned my lesson. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a great place to be. So I'm never going to talk against social media, that's for sure. I think uh, the fact that just to be, <laughs> the both of us met on social, on Twitter and the fact that this podcast is happening is, is a testament to the fact that there's so much more to Twitter and social media than just hate comments and just bore jokes and memes and everything else. You can actually meet interesting people. You can actually build lifelong connections on social media. It is up to the person how you go about it. It's, it's. I think it's wrong in blaming social media for all of these problems and all. I think equal fault lies on the people who use them and how you use them. So yeah, thank you very much for being on this podcast and uh, I hope to see you soon. Same, same here, Tanay. I do hope to see you for another podcast.